Hey there, my name is Madison and I'm one of the pastors at Kainos Church in Portland, Oregon. This teaching you're about to listen to is from one of our Kainos collectives. These gatherings happen once a month, typically the first Sunday of the month, and serve as a time for us to worship together and learn from the scriptures. On the following Sundays of each month, we gather in smaller groups inside homes. We call these Kainos communities. Here we share a meal and discuss the Bible together. For more information about Kainos, feel free to visit kainospdx.org. The hope of Kainos Church is that we are people finding fresh and fulfilled life in Jesus. Since May, we've been focusing on a single passage in the Bible. That's Acts 2, 42 through 47. Um, We've been reading this scripture because this is the first description of what the first church looked like. So we think it's kind of fun to hone in on. Um, So I'll read that real quick again for probably the 70th time since May. So Acts 2, 42 through 47 says the believers devoted themselves to the apostles teaching, to the community, to their shared meals and to their prayers. A sense of awe came over everyone. God performed many wonders and signs through the apostles. All the believers were united and shared everything. They would sell pieces of property and possessions and distribute the proceeds to everyone who needed them. Every day they met together in the temple and ate in their homes. They shared food with gladness and simplicity. They praised God and demonstrated God's goodness to everyone. The Lord added daily to the community those who were being saved. So we've been kind of dissecting this scripture and we've been taking each of these things that they did and focusing on them one month at a time for ourselves. Um, So we spent a month talking about devoting ourselves to scripture, devoting ourselves to community, um, to generosity. And then today we're talking about devoting ourselves to prayer. Um, And again, I'd like you to kind of take notice of what you're feeling when I say prayer and especially devotion to prayer. Does it make you uncomfortable, maybe guilty feeling, Um, maybe excited and anticipant, uh, maybe nervous? For me personally, the subject of prayer can get a little tricky, and it feels like an emotional paradox for me sometimes. Um, I believe that prayer is like pretty simple. It's just talking to God, but it also feels like really hard and complicated sometimes. I believe it's really important, but it's also difficult to prioritize in my daily life. I believe it's powerful, but it's also boring and ordinary. I believe that through prayer we can actually like talk to the God of the universe, but I also feel like I'm talking to the wall sometimes. So maybe some of these kind of paradoxical, complicated emotions come up for you too. Is when you know that you're not alone. Um, and before we start anything, I want to put one kind of thought in front of us. This is a quote I saw this week from a pastor named Rich Valados. He's a pastor in New York right now. And he said, he has a quote this week that said, no spiritual discipline can make God love you more. It's too late for that. God already loves you. But spiritual discipline helps us live in God's love and offer it to others. Essentially what Tyler just said. I think this is especially true of prayer. No amount of prayer or type of prayer can make God love you more. It's too late. God already loves you as much as he's ever going to. So much. But prayer can help us live in God's love, like make our home there and then offer it to others. The purpose of prayer is communion and partnership with God. 
both communion and par- partnership boil down to relationship. So prayer is a key way that we can deepen our relationship with God. And this can look so many different ways. Just like there are many ways we can grow our human communication and relationships, so too can we grow our relationship and communication with God in lots of different ways. Um, as an example, Jake and I, we don't just wake up in the morning and like utter a phrase to each other and then like before meals say another phrase to each other and then at night maybe like recap our day really briefly and then go to bed. Um, our relationship has grown over the years through much more raw communication, a lot of casual conversations, communication and grief and enjoy. Sometimes we hang out and we don't even talk at all. We're just with each other. Um, and other times, this is very rare these days, but we might set, spend like a dinner date having really intentional conversation with each other. So just like that kind of human relationship can grow over time and can and should grow over time in lots of different ways, uh, so too can our communication with God look. So with the broad purpose of communion and partnership in mind, the church over the years has found prayer tools or strategies to be helpful in getting there to that purpose. And it's a few of these tools that we're going to practice today. Um, These aren't the only ways to pray. There's so many, again, but there's some helpful ways, maybe good starting points. Um, So I'm going to kind of go over each one of those three practices that we're going to be doing. Uh, The first is we're going to be practicing reflective prayer. Reflective prayer is when we communicate with God as our close friend and counselor. Um, It's when we gain comfortability communicating like the deep things of our heart and our mind with him. In scripture, this can describe prayers in much of the Psalms. Um, They often take poetic, like contemplative form. Uh, Pretty much all the songs that we sang this morning is a good example of reflective prayer to God. Um, One scriptural example is Psalm 139, where the author David writes this beautiful poem to God describing their intimate friendship. So I'm gonna read that for us real quick. Uh, This is Psalm 139, it says, Lord, you have examined me. You know me, you know when I sit down, when I stand up, even from far away, you comprehend my plans. You study my traveling and resting. You are thoroughly familiar with all of my ways. There is a word on my tongue, Lord, that you don't already know. You surround me, front and back. You put your hand on me. That kind of knowledge is too much for me. It's so high above me, I can't reach it. Where would I go to get away from your spirit? Where could I go to escape your presence? If I went up to heaven, you would be there. If I went down to the grave, you would be there too. If I could fly on the wings of dawn, stopping to rest only on the far side of the ocean, even there your hand would guide me. Even there your strong hand would hold me tight. So like David takes this very poetic form, um, there's no limit to what reflective prayer can be. Um, There's no limit to what it can look like, what topics it can approach. It's simply a space to process your thoughts, your emotions, your joy, hardship, confusion, anything with the God that made us and loves us. So we have a station for reflective prayer over there. It's that far one. Um, And at that station, there are journals and pens and markers. So feel free to take those, use as much as you want. Um, There are kind of some prompts to get you started. But again, use this time however feels best for you. Um, You might use that journal and write something down. You might take a walk around the parking lot. Um, however you feel best just to sit and process with God. That's what that's for. Um, Our next station will be focused on intercessive prayer. 
that's this one in the back. Um, the tool of intercession, it might be the most familiar to some of us when we think of prayer. This is where we communicate with God as a mighty king, but also as a good parent that gives us good gifts. Um, it's when we open our eyes to the needs within us and around us and God, ask God to intervene because we believe he can. Um, it's asking God to make a way when there is no way or to bring justice to a broken world. There are many examples of this type of prayer throughout the Bible, uh, times where God's people cry out in desperation for protection, for justice, for guidance, for wisdom. Many of these moments are raw and unfiltered, giving us permission to be as well. One that stands out in my mind is um, back in the Old Testament, 1 Samuel 1. There's a woman named Hannah who really wanted to have a child and was unable to. And year after year, it says she went to the temple and like prayed these really raw prayers out loud. Uh, 1 Samuel 1, it says, Deeply hurt, Hannah prayed to the Lord and wept with many tears. Making a vow, she pled, Lord of armies, if you will take notice of your servant's affliction, remember and not forget me and give your servant a son. I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and his hair will never be cut. So as we pray intercessive prayers, we get to partner with God. We get to look around and notice what's not right in the world, what's not right within us, and we get to ask God to move. We practice partnership in asking, patience in the waiting, and then creativity in partnering with God to actually answer those prayers. So intercessive prayers is really unique because it not only transforms the world, but it really transforms us internally too. Um, so yeah, intercession station is over there. Um, and you might not have any problem thinking of things to pray for right off the bat. Um, if you would like, there's prayer cards also at that little booth. And if you want others to be able to pray for what you're praying for, please fill out a card and tack it on that board. Um, or you can put it in a box for more privacy and just like us internally will pray for it. Um, yeah, and I encourage you to pray for the prayers on the board as well if you have time. This might also be a good chance to pray, practice praying out loud with each other. Um, if you feel like it, you could grab someone and ask them to pray for you. Um, it's not something we like have typically practiced in this community, but it's something that we see the people of God doing is like really partnering with each other. And as they're honest with each other, um, they together get to be honest before God. Um, a third tool we will examine this morning is meditative prayer. This one, in my personal experience, is um, often hardest for me because I'm just not used to sitting still and quiet and like this fast-paced life I live. It makes me uncomfortable sometimes. Um, in meditation, we communicate with God as spirit and wisdom giver. This is also called listening prayer often, and it's when we slow our life, still our mind, silence our own voice so that we can listen to what God might be saying. Um, it's a practice that's much more familiar to like the Eastern church, um, but us in the West, I think, have kind of forgotten this type of prayer. Um, but there's so much benefit for us to reclaim this in our lives. And my favorite example of this in the Bible is Jesus himself. Uh, the Gospels often depict Jesus like going away from his ministry, from his people, and to be by himself. Um, one example is Mark 1. It says, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. So I think it's really remarkable that Jesus even 
despite all of his wisdom he had to give, all the things he had to do while he was on earth, all of the people he had to heal, uh, still regularly took time to go and be by himself in the quiet and be in the presence of God. So this last prayer station is here. All the things are knocked over, but we'll put it back up. Um, and yeah, this is just a chance for you to really like sit and be, um, I encourage you to empty your mind, just kind of be silent and listen. Um, I often need kind of help to do that. And so a good practice is called a breath prayer. And there's some examples of breath prayer on the table. Um, a breath prayer is when you breathe in and you utter a phrase. And then as you exhale, you finish the phrase. Um, this kind of helps you become aware of your breathing and also of your thoughts and can kind of help you settle into that space of just like stillness and quiet. Um, on each table, there's like additional prompts that you can use to kind of help you get going. Um, you're not limited to that. Please use this time however you feel like it's best used. Um, none of our experience will be the same. And I want to let us know that as we practice this this morning, like God has no expectation for us. He doesn't expect us to like pray these certain words or have this certain posture. Um, scripture says that our prayers are like a sweet perfume, like a good smell to him, which kind of gives us this idea that like God just delights in talking to his people. And that's like as simple as it gets. Um, so some real practical how this is going to work is we'll just at this point split up into three groups, kind of like, I don't know, a elementary school like craft station situation um yeah we'll split up we're gonna actually time it we'll spend seven minutes at each station just so that we can all get through it and leave before it gets really hot um again move your body however you want to um seek help however you want to this is your time um we'll kind of flag everyone down when it's time to rotate um yeah, there's kids here. We're going to try to bring the kids into it as much as possible. Um, it's a really fun opportunity to teach them to pray and like for them to watch us praying. I'm excited about that. But yeah, does anybody have any questions about how this will work? No? Cool. We'll get some music going. Um,